0: Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the editors and contributors of Strategy Page discuss current events and other military-related topics with a splash of history. I'm your host, Dan Masterson. Joining us today is Jim Dunnigan, editor of Strategy Page, well-known military author, and acknowledged pioneer and innovator in board war games. Also joining us today is Austin Bay, associate editor of Strategy Page, military author, columnist, and retired colonel, U.S. Army Reserves. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Thought we'd talk a little bit about the flooding in Ukraine. Jim, why did the Russians do this, or did the Russians do this?
1: Well, apparently the Russians did it, uh, and they believe it helps them, although they didn't think it through because it's basically hurting them. Uh, it uh, caused a lot of their troops on the east bank of the Dnie- Dnieper to uh, to run away because of the floodwaters. Uh, the Ukrainians have continued to advance. Now they'll be slowed down too until the water uh, recedes. Now those are the short term impacts. Long term, it's going to mean you know uh, less uh, uh, less wheat crops uh, north of the dam because of the the dam basically supplied you know a large area. With the irrigation, so you know, I don't know, you know, Russians apparently don't care about that. Let the let the Ukrainians starve, et cetera. Um, but it's not really doing them much good at all. Uh, and uh, the Ukrainians seem to believe that it'll it'll backfire on them. Um, meanwhile, the Russians are are falling back from other aspects of the Ukrainian counteroffensive. So uh, things do not look good for Mother Russia. Austin, well, look.
2: I prefer to talk about this as a as a attempt to uh, shape battle space. To use the jargon, in other words, uh, trying to uh, restrict or train, shape the battle, force your uh, your enemy into concentrating in areas that you can uh, uh, attack, ambush, and the like. That's the whole idea between about. uh, uh, engineers uh, <laughs> engineers on the battlefield, at least engineers when they're uh, uh, putting up minefields, putting up barriers. And uh, the, the dam, all that water, it was in, as Jim, uh, Jim said, is, it was meant to be a, a barrier. Uh, this is in the new tactic. But in the case, the odd case here in Ukraine, it becomes a weapon of mass destruction. And as Jim pointed out, the the Russians didn't anticipate uh, the effects on their own. They didn't calculate it very well. They didn't calculate where the floodplain is, uh, how much water was back there, and and where it would go. And just about uh, 15 minutes before we started uh, recording, I read two quick articles on both of them going into the uh, situation about what happened to the uh, Russian position. Uh, on the in in the east on the east side of the Dnieper, that uh, were just washed out, uh, including uh, one of the articles uh, said uh, an area where the Russians had uh, used artillery to uh, shell Kerson. and one of the uh, analysts in that article suggested, well. Now, if they're going to, most of their artillery is going to be out of range, uh, whatever they got out. And I say whatever they got out because there's some indication that a couple of uh, uh, supply dumps, logistics bases, (coughs) were inundated, Russian ones, and and got uh, and got washed out. But it is a weapon of mass destruction because almost thirty Ukrainian villages and towns. Were inundated. There's still people caught in there. Parts of Kirsten. Uh This was off a wire service report. They still have people on top of their uh, houses waiting to be rescued. It looks like somebody's been hit by a by a hurricane. You know, you're living in Louisiana or or uh, parts of Texas when that when that happens in the real low, low areas. Well, uh, that's that's a mass mass destruction uh, event. Now you've got this huge uh, lake and swamps. Uh, you could see, and I went and did this looking at the map. There's some areas that are downriver that would be called here in the United States wetlands. Well, now they're they're part of, uh, they're part of a lake, and it does hinder it hinders movement. Uh, of course, if the Ukrainians had plans of Bridging Uh, operations—they you know don't have the bridge uh, bridge equipment to uh, cross across across a lake like that. But at the same time, on the flip side is is that all those prepared positions that the Russians had to the south, like that, that were right in the area—they're no longer there. They're no longer prepared. Now, one other uh, and the other thing, like a if this were a chemical attack. And you were using a persistent chemical agent. There becomes an area that uh, everyone wants to stay out of. Uh, And now this big lake, uh, this inundated area, is somewhat equivalent to a place that uh, has been covered. I mean, the the thing is, with with a persistent chemical agent, there you can still move vehicles through if they've got. Positive pressure and they they, uh, can keep the uh, 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 crew uh, crew safe you can't move uh, really can't move personnel through them Uh, so that I'm just you it's a it's a rough analogy but nevertheless it's an area everybody has to stay out of now the flip side for the Russians is that well the Ukrainians can't come across there so we can move some troops that we have in the south up to the north to try to stop their counteroffensive as Jim said, "Maybe, maybe not. There may be we haven't heard. We haven't heard the the uh, much about what happens above the dam. You know, it's, it was a Takhovka, that's what they call it. It's a hydroelectric dam. Uh, the water levels dropped up there. Uh, suddenly, in, instead of a lake uh, uh, between the Russians and the Ukrainians, now there's it, it, it's muddy." It's a lot lower. I don't know how much lower it is. So that opens, that actually opens up what is likely an undefended sector or limited, uh, limited defense, uh, an economy of force sector. Uh, The Ukrainians have the mobility to, well, do they? I think they do uh, have the mobility to uh, exploit exploit that, again, uh, if it's exploitable. one other thing that uh, I noted, and uh, Jim will probably get a laugh out of this, uh, uh, the Sultan, uh, Turkey's uh, President, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, has jumped on the dam uh, destruction. and He's offered himself as a mediator and also to head an investigation or to promote an investigation of what caused the dam to blow up. He, ju- he just jumped on that uh, it's a, it's gotten in some headlines, so uh, you know Erdo Jim is interested in the
1: uh, Erdo is interested in Erdo. Yeah, the other the other problem is the Russians had built elaborate defenses in the south, uh, and a lot of these were swept away. In fact, that mines were unearthed, fortifications uh, were collapsed. And a lot of those mines actually exploded because of the force of the water. But, you know, they're basically not underground anymore. They're a lot easier to clear. But as Austin points out, it's muddy now. But that'll dry out, you know. The warm weather is coming. And I think, you know, uh, longer term, you know, short term, it's slowing everybody down. But that'll that'll quickly change. The water level is going to go out down south. And all of a sudden, you know, the... uh, (laughs) The, the, uh, the tactical situation is quite different. And I think the Ukrainians will maintain their advantage, and they'll probably exploit it faster than the Russians will. The Russians have been you know, notorious for being slow to, uh, to adapt. Of course, that's, a, that's an old Soviet tradition, which they apparently inherited and, and can't shake. Um, so it's basically a question of who's going to uh, more rapidly adapt to the new battlefield terrain, uh, and take advantage of it, and my money is on the Ukrainians. Uh, they're already on the offensive. The Russians are on the, the defensive. The Russians, if they move troops, you know, anyplace else, like to the north, uh, it won't help them that much because they're basically fighting a defensive battle up there. They can't get much offensive uh, operation going. The The heavy losses they took at the Bakhmut uh, battlefield uh, is uh, basically uh, causing... Problems with uh, mobilizing more Russian soldiers. You know, the, the Putin uh, enacted new laws, making it uh, basically almost well, impossible for uh, Russians of military age to leave the uh, the country. Um, but you know, they can find other ways to get out. Uh, he basically changed the uh, the mobilization notice uh, law. Where they they can send it, uh, you know, electronically, an email. And uh, that counts, uh, rather than having the guy show up. Now, if the guy never gets the email or just ignores it, what are they going to do? So, you know, uh, the Russians, as usual, have themselves a larger mess than they had before. And um, the uh, the Ukrainians are going to take advantage of it. Now, whether or not this is going to, you know, end the war remains to be seen. If the Ukrainians can cut off... Um, uh, Crimea Peninsula, which they appear to be uh, ready to do. In fact, they've been they've been uh, getting closer with the uh, with the HIMARS uh, missiles, and um, they've been using uh, uh, you know UAVs with explosives to attack uh, targets uh, in Crimea. Uh, you know they're continuing to attack, and the Russian defenses are basically uh, less impressive. Than they were, you know, two days ago when that that dam blew. Yo, know, it's the Russians had more, you know, access to the dam, and they had, you know, uh, and they more or less took credit for the the breach. But now they're probably regretting that because, uh, like, so many of their moves, like invading Ukraine in the first place, have backfired.
0: So Austin, how long is it before somebody solves? the Russian problem with a uh, 45-cent, 9-millimeter bullet. Dan,
2: the first column I wrote after the Putin-Chose Conventional War in late February of uh, last year, 2022, dealt with a 9-millimeter solution. Because this is something that he has promoted oh yeah he's got followers but he's the guy who fed the uh, uh, political and uh, mental poison of the uh, new greater Russia and uh, you know recovering the, the the Rubik as I talk about Russia Ukraine Belarus Kazakhstan and, and that's the components of a uh, of a superpower or a great certainly a great a great power yeah uh, uh, so somebody to do, uh, in the oligarchy, uh, in the military, uh, in his own security detachment, uh, dispatching him uh, as a as a commenter on the uh, co- uh, column. I I bet there must have been three or four hundred, but there's only one I remember reading. And it was a guy who said said uh, Colonel Bay. We used to call these nine millimeter brain hemorrhage. That's uh, why uh, he's, he's uh, yeah, that, that was a, 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 an online comment I saw on, on, on the, in the public book, <clears throat> but uh, we don't know, Dan, we know his security is extremely tight, we know he's paranoid, he's been paranoid all along, both in megalomaniacal uh, paranoia and uh, fear, concern for his own, uh, his own safety. <laughs> and uh, his special operation was uh, a total failure. Uh, people of Russia know it. Uh, when does it happen? And I don't know. If you see, see you know, I'm, I'm telling you, Dan. Is that yeah? yeah. Is that how much a, a nine-millimeter round costs now? Forty-five cents. All right. Uh, that's <clears throat> that. But pretty darn much end it? You might have to deal with Wagnerians. Uh, you know the. Wagner uh, uh, it's now a private army within Russia it might possibly kick off a civil war inside Russia I'm not predicting that but it, it's, it's a possibility that you have to account for uh, if you're gonna uh, war game uh, uh, Russia after uh, after Putin or, or after the uh, assassination of Putin uh, you, you'd have to consider what how you uh, Russian fragmentation you might have to consider that anyway if the if Russia withdraws from Ukraine I don't I I don't I I don't see that I I see uh, if you could end it and uh, accommodate uh, most of Ukraine's uh, claims I said most I'm not coming up with a solution on it you at least end the bloodbath and uh, stop quit threatening I think everybody else with nuclear attack or blowing up uh, nuclear power stations or even blowing up dams. I, I want to make another comment, if I could, on the battlefield shaping operations. Jim started to get at it about what the Russians have done. You can find in about, I, I have in, in in two different places, if there's two, that means there are 20, uh, excellent satellite photos of, of the trench systems uh, the Russians have built across the northern part of the Crimean Peninsula. And then uh, all, again, up and down the, on, on the eastern side of, uh, of the Dnipro, and then in uh, areas uh, uh, now around Blotmoot and uh, up uh, up to the north. Uh, and there are even some really good photos of the uh, Russian and mechanized entr- entrenching machines that go in, did uh, dig out the uh, the basic trench and they worked very quickly they also uh, show uh, photographs of fields of dragon's teeth and boy does it look like the Siegfried line of uh, of uh, 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 on 19, 1939 1940 or the Maginot line for that matter uh, out uh, with the big concrete blocks up designed to uh, Deter tanks. There's also uh, uh, I saw a, a photo of what had to be uh, a, a, an anti-tank ditch, or, or you know, sometimes called a tank ditch, but an anti-tank ditch that's out in front of the other prepared positions. This is all. These are all battlefield shaping operations. They're all they're tactical, to, and they to achieve along with mine uh, with, with minefields and barbed wire and the like but they're designed to achieve certain operational effects. Like, don't come here, or if you do anticipate heavy casualties in a big fight. Now, what the U.S. would do, assuming that we had air superiority, is bomb the heck out of it and then send, if you really have to pierce it, Uh, air mobile forces go over disrupt the uh, uh, enemy rear and then if you got to bring your armor through now your your engineers go and, and and blow up all the enemy obstacles or your and your uh, armor vehicle launched bridges come in you go over the tank ditch and the, and, uh, and, and the like <clears throat> Ukraine doesn't have air superiority it's, it's got a strange form of air parity based on air defense the Russians really are limited. With what they can do uh with their their aircraft and J- jim has and i've talked about this about this uh uh before but uh it's it's more like like a airspace denial or airspace limit uh, 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 limitation but they don't have uh, the uh air power or helicopters to launch, uh, uh, the kind of an air mobile uh, assault to cross that river, come down, hold, disrupt uh, uh, Russian counter counterattacks so the, the heavier forces can cross. I don't believe they do. I haven't seen a- a- evidence that they have e- e- enough. They sir, we got uh, enough helicopters that the launch uh, raids in the rear area, and apparently they've done that uh, done that several times. But... It, it, that, this goes back to what I initially said that the blowing up the dam was supposed to be a, a battle space shaping operation, uh, engineering. In this case, uh, uh, and, it lo- and it looks like, according to the reports, the, the R- Russian saboteurs blew it up uh, with uh, uh, the the dam up with high explosives. So, sneaky special operations engineer attack is what. Uh, uh, is what blew up the tank. Damn.
0: Jim, how is the uh, spring offensive going for the Ukraines?
1: Well, it's moving along. It's certainly moving a lot more. Uh, how should I put it? Uh, uh, deliberately than the uh, the Russian defenses. In fact, Russians are so demoralized that uh, some of the uh, Putin's uh, critics are saying, you know, uh, uh, they can probably get Putin, but. Out of office and during the uh, with the twenty twenty four national elections, now uh, Putin has a political party which has uh, a lot of uh, power, but you know even they are getting demoralized. I mean, the, you know, like I say, the the Russian operations in uh, Ukraine have been one long list of defeats, embarrassing, uh, and losing. You know, heavy a lot of troops, uh, as has been pointed out before, they they lost more. In uh, a year, uh, less than you know, about like fifteen months of fighting in uh, in Ukraine than they did in the nine years in Afghanistan, um, and the losses are only really getting heavier. Uh, and this basically, you know, Russians were pretty stoic about this initially, uh, and then the, uh, the there is a uh, a, a, a public uh, uh, you know a polling firm which is uh, fairly fairly reliable in the past. And it's showing, you know, the, the uh, support for the war, or toleration of the war, let's say, you are know, steadily declining. And if the Russians suffer more defeats in, um, in, in Ukraine uh, uh, and the uh, Ukrainian offensive makes any significant progress, uh, you know, that'll be it. You know, I mean, there'll be more calls, open calls, uh, for, uh, you know, Russian to just pull their troops out. Now, they might not want to give up uh, its Crimea, but again, uh, without control of all those land areas uh, that the uh, Ukrainian counteroffensive was uh, meant to seize, uh, there's no way to support, uh, you know, uh, people and, uh, and, and, and troops in Crimea Peninsula. So uh, the Crimea becomes basically uh, defenseless. Or, you know, its defenses are are, are greatly lower, and there's no way for Russia to reinforce that. You know, so, you know, a lot of Russians are starting to say, why keep reinforcing failure? It's not doing us any good. Of course, the Ukrainians are also having problems. They're having problems with guys deserting. Uh, They have to resort to more conscription to get people, you know, into ranks. Uh, So they are also suffering, you know, fatigue, battle fatigue uh, over the long war, but not nearly as badly as the Russians. I mean, you know, uh, these days, you know, and for several months now, uh, you know, Russian, uh, you know, conscripts or, you know, any kind of, uh, uh Russian troops that are mobilized, uh, they don't want to go to Ukraine. I mean, it's a death sentence. You know, they know, I, uh, you know, a lot of Russians know somebody who did go there and he, he, he never heard was heard from again or his body was shipped back. Um, and this is this is the sort of thing that uh, caused a lot of public uh, uproar in Russia over the Afghanistan operation. They kept losing more and more troops, and they weren't making any progress. Uh, so it's it's a it's a proven recipe in Russia uh, for losing a war, uh, despite you know there being a an authoritarian government, which Putin has certainly you know uh, sought to achieve, and that's not very popular either. I mean, the Russians have made, enjoyed their relative independence, you know, since the 1990s, and in the last 20 years, Putin's basically tried to uh, restore, you know, the Soviet state, and that is not really very popular, especially with all the economic problems brought on, not just by the sanctions, but by the way, you know, Putin is uh, nationalizing a lot of companies, um, and, uh, you you know, that's what mismanagement of, of of state-controlled companies is one of the reasons why the Soviet Union collapsed in the first place. So it's the same story all over again.
0: Well, we'll wrap it up there. Um, we'll be continuing to follow the the saga uh, as it goes. Uh, we'll talk to you gentlemen next time. Take care. Bye. Bye, guys.